Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by World of Spas, Edmonton's number one hot tub and swim spa dealer. The ideal place to start your daily vacation on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. It's Brendan Escott with you on this Wednesday evening in Edmonton. Bob and the Oilers en route to Winnipeg. Actually, they should probably have landed in Winnipeg or wherever the closest airport is. We'll keep that one going as long as we can. Some guests of the show receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Whether you're celebrating a special moment or simply savoring a night out on the town, every meal is an occasion at Roos Chris Steakhouse. Tell Chris and Chef Altoff that Oilers now sent you. All right, always look forward to the insight from one of the league's most trusted insiders. Elliot Friedman joins us every Wednesday from NHL Hockey on Rogers for our friends at Abe's Door service where service is their specialty visit abesdoor.ca how's it going tonight elliot not bad brendan i get to talk to you so uh, automatically it's a victory excellent a big uh, a big exhale coming from elliot's neck of the woods when we got that text message earlier today um hey man a big exhale from edmonton in the last few games and i'm not sure that anybody's completely convinced or sold yet but when you watch mcdavid produce at this level and you watch the penalty kill start to come around i think that there's a lot recently that fans are maybe more familiar you're with uh, rather than what the product they were seeing on the ice through the first 18 19 games was well you know there's no question about that I'm sorry about that Brendan um, uh, basically um, you know first of all McDavid looks healthy you know that's that's number one the covers uh, it's clear that when he was playing after he came back he wasn't anywhere near a hundred percent healthy um, and you know who else looks a lot healthier too is Ekholm. And it's funny when two of your best and most important players are healthier. Uh, I think a lot comes with them. Now, I think one of the things definitely was that it couldn't continue going the way it was going. Um, I think they had to get better. I didn't think that their uh, on ice shooting percentage would stay as bad as it was. Um, they had some of the worst goaltending in the league. I thought that would at least uh, improve a bit. And it appears as if all of that has occurred. And I do agree with you, Brendan. We've been fooled before already this year. So I think you have to be careful. And there's there's still a long way to go. But I just think the health of uh, McDavid and Eckholm settles a lot of things down. And that's going to – that's a lot of good stuff is going to come from there. I think the belief that comes with knowing that, okay, not every single bounce is going to go against us, even if that hadn't actually been the case, I think that's it was sort of the sentiment amongst the Oilers. But you've got some wins, and you're, you're feeling better. You're watching your captain do what he does. And then last night in the postgame, Elliot, we heard a great clip from Matthias Ekholm on what Paul Coffey's presence has been like there. And we all sort of wondered, what is he going to be like as a coach? We know he's been around the team in different capacities. But listening to the way that Ekholm talked about his philosophy and and uh, calming everybody down first and foremost, but prioritizing, you know, putting a puck out of your own zone onto a forward stick, not just the alley-oop clearance when you're tired, that sort of thing. So we're a few games into this regime. I wonder what you've seen maybe specifically on the back end uh, with Paul Coffey and how things have started to integrate. 
I think one of the things that that's, that's definitely happened and is that, you know, I think the, the, one of the questions that was happening was why was Paul Coffey put behind the bench? And I think the answer was if they were going to take out Dave Manson, they had to have a defensive coach there. And they couldn't have – they weren't going to be able to go out and get it, so at least not quickly. So they asked Coffee to do it. And because Coffee was asked to, and I wonder if the owner was the one who did it themselves, um, he wasn't going to say no. Uh, of course, he was going to do it. And uh, so I think because they said we need somebody there who knows our players. They absolutely you, – you can't – when you're trying to save your season, you can't necessarily go for a completely blank slate. You need someone who you think can step in and hit the ground running. And awfully, um, and honestly, that was the fact. And, you know, I, I think the thing about coffee that he talks about with guys like Bouchard and Nurse is simplify things. Like, don't try to do – when they're losing, earlier in the year, what I, what I really noticed was when they were losing, they were trying to learn a new structure, and that was breaking down. And everybody was trying to do everything. Everybody was out of position. Nobody was the way they were supposed to be. So I think one of the things that when you, you take a look at what coffee's done, like maybe – I don't know if you see it the same way I do, Brendan – is that it doesn't look like they're running around the ice as much. I think he just simply said, try to be more simple. Um, I think the other thing he told Shard in particular, it looks like, is you, you definitely have to battle it a little bit more. We all know of Bouchard's skill, but I think there were times that he was getting overpowered here and there uh, in a lot of cases, and even after Coffee was hired. And the one thing I just noticed about Bouchard is he's definitely, and again, Brendan, you can tell me if I'm wrong, but what I've seen, he's putting up a lot more fight than I've seen in the past. What I find so interesting is is I tend to agree with that, and yet I look at his stats, and there was a five-game stretch in, in, leading up to last night in which he didn't register a hit. Now, that doesn't necessarily coincide with being a physical player, but as a six-foot-three defenseman, <laughs> I was just surprised to see that. You're right, though. It's about boxing out. It's about being harder to push off the puck. The things that now people are looking at, say, Ryan McLeod, and saying, hey, man, if you're going to play third-line center, you're going to need to elevate those parts of your game maybe that's the areas of Bouchard's game that he's been able to shore up well I, I think you know to me like I, it drives me crazy when people say oh uh, I'm going to decide if you're more physical by looking at the hit counter like I, I really think that's an oversimplification and too easy to do it you know to me like actually I'm writing a piece now about like just some of the players and I went to the Hall of Fame and what they considered one of their biggest compliments and Pierre Turgeon talked about that Al Arbor sat him down one day and said, Pierre, we know you can score, but if you really want to be a great player, you've got to learn how to win a putt battle. And I think that is so true. And to me, toughness is not about can you punch someone in the face, can you hit them? It is can you win that battle for the putt? Can you stand your ground? And, you know, to me, it just looks, and again, it's all eye test. I don't know if there's any stat that you can give to it. It just looks like, like you're going to lose battles. 
Like, people are going to overpower you from time to time, but can you put yourself in a position where you win a few more or you make it a bit harder? Like, to me, Nurse 2, it just looks more self-contained. Like, there were times I'd watch Nurse during games this year, and he'd be all over the place. And I generally think it's better to try to rein in a wild stallion than to kick a, a, a lazy horse. But I thought that Nurse was, it was too much. And I just think, like, the one thing that's very clear is that they haven't taken important minutes away from Nurse. Like, big moments in the game, he's still out there. He, you know, because I had time, I had to double-check. I remember the first night it went down. The second night it was back up where it normally was, if not a bit more. But it's very clear to me that they're trying to sell Nurse on, you know, you've got to play a certain way. You've just got to calm down. But it doesn't mean we think that you're any less important. And, and to me, with a player like him, who's a key part of the group, you have to, if you're going to rein him in, you have to convince him that he's still important. And Coffee looks like he's trying to find the, the right way to do that. Yeah, and one thing that I've noticed as well is there's been a couple more instances of his game recently that remind me of when they drafted this player, which is a long time ago now, but he was dominant when skating the puck and his skating used to close the gap on players and, and this sort of thing. This is creeping back into stuff that I'm seeing on a night-to-night basis, and that to me is when Darnell Nurse is going to be at his best, simply put. Chatting with Elliot Friedman right now, now on the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline. Don't miss Sunday buffets at the River Cree featuring oh. all-you-can-eat snow crab legs, Elliot, and some other oh, seafood wow. favorites. Oh, yeah. Just $69.99 per person. You can book your table at rivercreeresort.com. So goalie search. Oh, by the way, too, sure. I have to say also, I really think that, like, to me, the other guy who uh, I think has looked a lot better is Day And I'm actually kind of amazed uh, by that because, you know, obviously Woodcroft and uh, Manson, they were big DNA fans. For whatever reason, he struggled earlier this year. And, you know, I think that guy's a player. Um, But it looks like he's kind of back to where, you know what, like someday there'll be like a, a good story, Brandon, about, you know, just what happened at the beginning of this year and why it went so sideways. It was just... It was just like everything that could have gone wrong did, and I'd love to hear everybody's reasons for that. Yeah, he, to me, is the type of player, even if he's playing like he is right now, Toronto would love to have a Vinny DeHarnay. They are killing right now to have a Vinny DeHarnay. They tried to get him. Yeah, it's it's a good problem for Edmonton to to have in a sense, right? Even though he hasn't necessarily uh, come up as as this group's guy, it's it's nice to see him establish some some confidence, really, and why not? He had a clean slate in in that sense. Um, But playing behind them, right? We got to inquire about the goal tending search which is a lot less pertinent because of the way that Stuart Skinner's been playing uh, but there's certainly got to be some probing going on I would imagine what is the latest out of the Oilers camp in a search for goal well you know what they play tomorrow in Winnipeg and then they've got uh, what six days off they don't play after yeah. that until so Jack Campbell is playing tonight for Bakersfield and I think he's going to play again this weekend and I think it's possible, young Brandon, that if he continues to play well, like he had a 30-save shutout in second-last start, and he lost his last one, but he stopped 33 of 36. I wonder if Campbell plays well, if, he's, if you could see him. 
I, I do think it's possible if he has a good start tonight and on the weekend that he gets the call back to Edmonton. I maintain that that is the best case scenario just for the sake of not having to take whatever artillery you're going to use to upgrade that situation on a whim. You can actually apply it to, say, forward depth or somewhere where you had originally planned on needing it. Uh, that's that's good news, I think, for Oilers fans. So we'll, uh, we'll, we'll wait back on that front as we chat with Elliot Friedman here in our midweek discussion brought to you by Abe's Door Service. Corey Perry is dominating headlines right now. We have officially seen his contract terminated by the Chicago Blackhawks. And in order to do that, there's a very high standard that sort of needs to be met in terms of the conduct that was that was broken. Is that correct? Like, what can you sort of tell us about what we know at this stage? Because it doesn't seem to be a ton. Well, I think something happened last... Something either happened or came to light last Tuesday in Columbus that started the investigation. Um, um, that's whatever happened. Somewhere in Columbus, it came forward that there was, like I said, there's something someone saw or something that was reported that became an issue. And they went through their investigation and we don't know what it is right now. I think the one thing that's pretty clear that you'll remember when Shane Pinto was suspended, the Players Association, like everybody was like, what happened? And they sent out like some guidelines or told players guidelines. If you're going to wager, this is what you have to be aware of. Without specifically saying what Pinto was guilty of, they just said this is what you have to be aware of. And I think what everybody is doing here is trying to get a handle on same thing. Like, there's a, you know, like he doesn't have a huge contract. I mean, four million dollars is nothing to sneeze at, but it's not like a multi-year mega million deal. And I think everybody's trying to figure out what exactly occurred. Now, one of the issues here that's absolutely the case is that Chicago is more sensitive than most teams for obvious reasons. I think everybody understands that the Blackhawks, because of what they went through with the whole Kyle Beach situation, they will be. Uh, they will probably be more concerned with anything than any other team. Um, I, I think what people are trying to figure out here is, would Perry have been terminated um, for something, for whatever happened here, if it wasn't Chicago in this situation? And I don't know the answer to that. Like, people are like, you know, you know, you know, to be honest, I, I really don't. I I think I, you know, I think I have some idea, but A, I don't feel like getting sued, and B, this is not the kind of thing that you should go forward with um, unless you really have a good idea, and I don't have a handle on that. Um, I, I think that what clearly is occurring here is that Perry has time, he has 60 days to decide if he's going to appeal. And we'll see where that goes. I know that there are some people who want Perry to appeal because they want a clearer standard of what is acceptable and what isn't. 
but that's going to be up to Perry himself. Yeah, it seems like the one thing now after that press conference yesterday that drew uh, very little information really other than to sort of put the general manager on the spot as a talking head. Uh, everyone's asking for more transparency even after they spoke, but it, when something's going through a legal process, I don't know how much transparency one can actually expect. Well, we don't know, Brian, if it is going through a legal uh, process. At this point in time, as I sit here, I have no knowledge of any criminal uh, a criminal complaint or criminal charges or anything like that. Um, as you heard yesterday, um, as you heard yesterday, Kyle Davidson called it a workplace matter. We'll see what happens. I, I don't want to say one way or the other. I just don't know. Um, but as long as it is a workplace matter, you know, a lot of people will tell you that people can't comment on that. Like, I know sports teams are very public. They're a lot more public than a lot of businesses. But, for example, I know that at Rogers, if there's, like, a workplace, uh, you know, if something happens with an employee or they make changes, they can't always comment about it. It's a workplace issue or a, even a, such a thing as releasing someone from a contract they don't necessarily comment much. They just say, look, it's, it's, um, it's a personnel decision. So, I mean, and the other thing too is, and it's like not every, like, like the other person or people or whatever that was involved here, they might not be a public citizen. They may not want this out there. And so, like, especially with everything we saw last week, I always say this. When you're a public figure, Ben, and like you and I are, or Bob is, you have to deal with it. That you know, people are gonna come. Other people are gonna either criticize you legitimately, or sometimes they're gonna say things about you that you can't believe they'd be saying. And it's not right. But on some level, you sign up for that as a public person. If you're a private person, you do not sign up for that. And uh, you know, that's one of the things I'm trying to be very aware of here too. Is that there's another person here, it, you know, who know, like, who knows who it is, and I'm probably on some level they want privacy about me. So it's a. The one thing I do think is that there is going to be pressure uh, on the league and the players' association to somehow say, how do we, how can we make sure that nobody is violating what Kerry Corey Perry is alleged to have violated so that people's contracts can't be terminated either. I, I do think that conversation is going on. One last one for Elliot Friedman here. Give me a quick rip on Patrick Kane deciding on Detroit, of all places. I think a lot of people thought that was an interesting landing spot. He's got some history with Alex Dabrinkit, if memory serves. Uh, it's sort of an American contingent there in Detroit. Do you think yeah. that was a big part of the draw? I do. Like The one thing he said today was that it was a lot about fit. And um, he thought Detroit was a good fit for him. First of all, there's the Brinkett. Secondly, like there's a spot on the roster for what Kane does that, you know, it fits with him. A, a, a role that's in the top six, the possibility on the power play. Like one of the things I heard during his uh, conversations with the teams was that he was really well prepared. He'd watched the teams. He kind of knew what their situations were. Like, you know, as you imagine, like, he's a big hockey fan, and, you know, hockey fans are aware of what their teams do. Well, he was definitely aware of the teams he was really interested in. He understood their roster. He understood where he could fit. He understood how they played. He understood where he could be in the power play. And the other thing I heard, too, Brendan, was that, 
you know, he wanted to go to the Rangers last year and did, but some of the people who knew him around Chicago said that there were times where he was asked, like, if it was never Chicago, what, where could you see it being a fit? And apparently he discussed Detroit before. Like, his two home hubs are Chicago and Buffalo. Detroit's very easy to get from both of those places. Mm-hmm. Makes a lot of sense. Elliot, really appreciate all the time and insight once again. We'll chat next week, okay? All right. Thank you very much, sir. Elliot Friedman. He is Friedge. HNIC on X. If you're looking for a great holiday gift, you can give the gift of travel this holiday season with a New West Travel Gift Certificate. Whether you're celebrating a special occasion or maybe looking to surprise a loved one, why not give the gift of exploration, relaxation, and unforgettable experiences? Adventure awaits, and there's no better time to start planning. Call New West Travel or visit newwesttravel.com. I think we got time to take a time out. Back in a minute. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. All right, quickly, quickly we go to the Oilers Now injury report, which is brought to you all season long by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. Dylan Holloway is still a couple of weeks away yet with an upper body injury. And Zach Hyman, who was that late scratch uh, last night with a illness, an illness that he had in the morning. Uh, They decide that he will in fact be good to go. He's on the plane or was on the plane. He's in Winnipeg with the team. The Jets will host Edmonton tomorrow night 24 hours from now. It's a 6 o'clock puck drop at Canada Life Centre. We will have your coverage starting 21 hours from now, just after the 3 o'clock news. We've got your 6 o'clock news coming up with James Dunn, and then we've got our NHL insider, John Shannon, to kick off hour number two of Oilers Now. It's Brendan Escott with you tonight.